Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. That's that's what my reaction is after last night's uh, loss to the Dodgers as the Giants lose 7-2. to And you know what? It's only fitting, isn't it? It's only fitting that the Giants and the Dodgers, who during the regular season were going toe-to-toe. Toe-to-toe all the way up until Game 162. And now we are going to be seeing them... In a final Game 5, a winner-take-all matchup where the home team overall has been 14-14 in these series. And you know what? This one, you're going to have Logan Webb. You're going to pull out all the stops. And it's going to be a doozy, as they say. And 888 that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Who do you want to see step up in Game 5? Who do you want to see step up? Now, I will, I'm not going to just talk about Game 5 and preview a game that's going to be two days away because they are getting the, the, the night off tonight. And then on Thursday, uh, that's going to be the pivotal Game 5 there. And speaking of which, it's going to be the only game that's on TV as the Atlanta Braves yesterday beat the Milwaukee Brewers with uh, Freddie Freeman home run in the 8th inning, and then Will Smith closing it out in the uh, in the ninth. Then you also got the Astros, who beat the crap out of the White Sox 10-1, to and then, of course, we already had Boston beating the Tampa Bay Rays with that walk-off hit the other day. But this Game 4, it was, it was demoralizing. It was demoralizing in that... The Dodgers, I think the Giants are still, uh, uh, I think they've played a better season. The Dodgers on paper are a better team because that lineup, one through nine, is deadly. There's, there's, There's no soft spots in that lineup until you get to the pinch hitters. And with the Giants, 
it just doesn't seem like for these past three games their lineup has had any life at all. And I know yesterday we were celebrating that Game 3 because it was an amazing Game 3. Everything that the Giants were going through, the resilient, the resilience, the resilient SF logo has, has been a staple here during the regular season and going into the postseason as well. But they only scored one run. And it was only on Evan Longoria's homer. So I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, who do you feel needs to be the one who steps up? Now, this is interesting. From the 408, I feel the winner of this series is going are going to be the World Series champions. That's the thing. That's what also was demoralizing because you had that game on before. And I was talking to my buddy yesterday. And I, you know, I was like, man, if Atlanta can beat Milwaukee tonight... And I was saying this yesterday. If Atlanta can beat Milwaukee tonight, I'm liking that matchup in the championship series if the Giants get through. I'm really liking that matchup. And he's like, dude, that's exactly what Houston was saying when they saw the Red Sox win. Because the top team was taken out. You're getting the easier matchup there. And that's what I felt like the Giants or the Dodgers have now with the Braves. And that's specifically because of the starting pitching. Now, don't get me wrong. The Braves lineup is fantastic. But I just feel like the Giants in this one, if they don't win this division series, I'm not saying it's a disappointment, but the path leading up to the World Series, it's wide open right now. It's wide open, and it feels like it's there for the taking. But yesterday, man, there was some good defense being played. The pitching wasn't good. You needed Anthony DiSclefani to have a good start. You needed it. Now he still <laughs> he still has his issues against the uh, uh, he still has his issues against the Dodgers, and I'll get to those numbers in a second. But you heard Brian Anderson on the call. Up until Zach Littell was uh, up until Zach Littell was pitching, who was really your last guy. I mean, you had Di Sclafani, then you had Jose Alvarez, who had to close that one out, who, who who managed to get out of it. Then you brought in Kervin Castro, who walked two guys. Then you had Harleen Garcia come in for the inning, but he gave up the uh, he gave up the earned run. Then you had Dominic Leone come in, he gave up an earned run as well. Then you had Tyler Rogers come in. For for two-thirds of an inning, and Zach Littell eventually come in. It was up until Zach Littell where the Dodgers had a runner on every single time. It was up until that seventh inning where they had a runner on base every single inning. They were putting the pressure on. And even though the Giants were playing some good defense early on in the game, their offense wasn't capitalizing. But you needed a good start from DiSclefani in this situation. You needed a good start because they're up 2-1. You're not going to be using any of your other starting pitchers. You want to save Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman for Thursday. That's that's the bottom line. It's pulling out all the stops. It is no hesitation. You're going to be playing your best players. And Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman, as far as not only the starting rotation, but the bullpen goes, those two guys are going to be giving you the best chance to win. 
those guys are going to be giving you that best chance to win right there. And I feel like those two are going to be the ones going back-to-back. Who knows? They could do it like the uh, like the Brewers did it yesterday against the Braves where they had their starting pitcher go, and you hope that Logan Webb can go longer than Eric Lauer did for the Brewers. But then eventually they brought in their number 2 starting pitcher in Brandon Woodruff. I don't know what was going on uh, with Corbin Burns, but... Man, you needed a good start from DeSclafani if you wanted to have any chance in this game. And here's what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding DeSclafani's start. The Dodgers were taking good swings on him. Uh, that's first and foremost. And um, we've seen the Dodgers take some good swings against DeSclafani in the past. And mostly here was just uh, acknowledging that, recognizing it, and, and you know making a decision that we were going to you know grind our way through it and try to stay stay in the game with our bullpen. I don't think he had his best stuff. I don't think he had his best command and I think the Dodgers were getting good swings off. They were teeing off on him. They were teeing off on him. It, it they they couldn't do they they couldn't do any wrong. It's just every single inning whether it was right out of the gate just giving up a double to Trey Turner after Corey Seager got on base, and then it's just a one nothing game in the first. And then you go to the second, and Gavin Lux gets on base, and Cody Bellinger gets on base. And it's not only that, but they're getting on base early. Di Sclafani's command yesterday, I, I don't know what it is, but it feels like it's like that against the Dodgers every single time. And that's the reason why Tisclafani has not had a good outing against the Dodgers. These numbers, I mean, at first, at the beginning of the season, do you remember when he gave up those 10 earned runs to the Dodgers, but he was lights out everywhere else, and you saw that his ERA was a sub-1-5 against all other teams, but against the Dodgers, it was over 9 or whatever it was? Well, now here are the official numbers, and you're not going to see any of these again, but this is how DeSclafani ends against the Dodgers this year. In his seven starts against Los Angeles, he is 0-4 with a 7.53 ERA. Against everyone else, 13-4 with a 2.37 ERA. So I'm feeling good about DeSclafani against these other teams, But against the Dodgers, not feeling good about that at all. That's why I wanted Alex Wood to start Game 3. That's why I wanted Alex Wood to start Game 3. But, you know, you needed to to at least make it through a couple of innings. At least make it through a couple of innings. Because the only outs that he was really able to get were a sack fly, productive outs, and then a strikeout against Walker Buehler. And then you give up the single to to Mookie Betts, and then you put runners on first and third, and then you have to bring in Jose Alvarez. I mean, this game could have been a lot worse, too. You had that base running blunder early on in the game by Gavin Lux, where there were runners on first and third, and there was that uh, that ground ball to the pitcher, and then he got caught in between the third base uh, in between the third baseman and home plate. You know, they had some chances. They had some chances. Lamont Wade. Lamont Wade making that huge catch with the bases loaded. All momentum should have been on the Giants' side there. But their offense wasn't able to do anything. And overall, I've been talking about the pitching a lot this segment, but this is something I said at the end of uh, yesterday's show. I don't want to see one of these games where I'm looking at the box score after and I'm seeing a 2-for-13 or a... 
one for 11 with runners in scoring position type of game. And through these last three, ever since game two, take away game one. Take away game one where they won that one handily. Since game two, they are two for 18 with runners in scoring position. Two for 18. And you know the biggest problem with that? The biggest problem is that they've only had 18 runners in scoring position. One for eight last night. That's not very good. That's not very good. So the lineup needs to step it up. I will say this. Chris Bryant looked good yesterday. Chris Bryant was really the only one who could do anything. Because the top four guys in the order, uh, overall, LaStella, Ruff, Crawford, Posey, they could only notch a couple of hits. Two hits out of the first four hitters for the for the Giants. Conversely, with the first four hitters for the Do- for the Dodgers, eight hits. Betts was two for four. Seager was two for four. Trey Turner was two for five. Will Smith was two for four. Oh, and they all got their RBIs as well, except for Chris Taylor, who had the sack fly, who was batting eighth. So. They were outplayed yesterday. The lineup, they couldn't answer they couldn't have an answer for them. And if you look at that other game before, the reason that the that the Braves were were able to stay in the game is because when the Brewers hit them in the mouth, when they scored two runs, the Braves scored two runs right back to make it a 2-2 game. Then the following inning, the Brewers again scored two runs to make it a 4-2 game. Then right at the bottom of that inning, it's a 4-4 game because the Braves hit a couple in. That's what the Giants needed to do yesterday was to have an answer for what this Dodgers lineup was giving them. And the Dodgers lineup has been very good this postseason. Pretty, they've been pretty damn good. Now, they've had five games because of the wild card, but overall they're batting 240. they They're not as, They're not nearly as good uh, as the Red Sox right now. Not nearly as good as the Red Sox who have just been uh, lights out. But right now the Dodgers are hitting 240 overall as a team with five home runs and 19 RBIs, which may not seem like much. But you compare that to the Giants who are hitting 184 as a team. 184. With a 524 OPS. 524 is terrible. The only team above them with a 527 OPS are the Brewers, and they just got bounced. Like, that's where the Giants are at right now. But hey, it comes down to a game five Logan Webb versus Julio Urias, and this one <laughs> being the only game that's in the national spotlight, going up against Thursday Night Football, where you're going to have the Buccaneers and the Eagles. I think the Giants and the Dodgers are going to be appointment television when we get to Thursday night. But 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. Want to go through some of the missed opportunities that the Giants had specifically in this game because there were a lot of them, and I do want to give the Dodgers some credit on defense. Plus, you'll hear more from Gabe Kapler. 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. Hm. Instacart for the win. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. There they go. And a swing and a drive into left field. Back on his way. He's got it. What a catch. Lamont Wade over his shoulder up against the wall and Garcia gets out of it a huge wipe of the brow for the Giants what a catch by Wade the Dodgers strand three now back to the pregame show on 95.7 the game here's Stephen Langford credit TBS for that audio It was those first five innings. Those first five innings that I'm paying attention to. That back half of the game was very uninspiring. But the first five innings, the reason that I'm paying attention to those is because that's when I felt like the Giants were given the best chance to win in that situation. And just to to give you a little insight, I'm going to get a little self-involved here. But I was watching this game out at at an establishment, and I was with uh, my girlfriend, Jesse, and and our roommate, Nick. And that's what you got to do in the Bay Area. And (laughs) they were getting real mad. Because I'm not a big superstitious person, not big on superstition, and I was saying different things that superstitious people don't like to hear. And so when that ball was hit to left with the bases loaded, and it's going back, it's going back, they were, I mean, they were already mad at me for for how I was talking. And oh my God, I thought he actually hit that grand slam. I really, I really, I thought that uh, at that point the game was over. They probably just both would have left me and left me with the bill. Like, that's how it would have (laughs) gone. You know? But those first five innings, though, those were the types of plays I felt like where the momentum was going to shift in the Giants' way. Like, that's where the lineup needs to come through and make up for the lack of pitching. The pitching is the reason that the Giants are even in this spot right now. Because of Logan Webb and his fantastic start on the Friday. Now, the Giants lineup didn't do anything on the Saturday, even though Gosman had a good start. And we try and, you know, make all these assumptions on the pitching changes that should have been made and what Kapler should have done. But in the end, the lineup needs to have some life to it. And it did. 
It did. Now, not in the first inning, but then you go to the second inning, and I do have to give some Dodger, the Dodgers some credit here because in the second inning, Buster Posey just has an uninspiring, uh, an uninspiring at-bat against Bueller. And then the next two guys, Chris Bryant, who was fantastic in this game, gets a single to the opposite field. Then Lamont Wade comes in on a 2-2 count. He gets a single to right. So that's where the momentum starts building. I go back to Saturday when Buster Posey got on with a double and they couldn't score any runs out of it. When you start out with these with these guys, with runners on base, especially with runners on first and third with one out, you got to be able to capitalize. And Evan Longoria, he fought in his at-bat. He did. He had a 2-1 count, and then he fouled a sinker ball off, which was a really nice pitch, and then he ended up striking out on the 3-2 count. So there's runners on first and third with two outs, and it's the second inning, and Mike Yastrzemski comes in. And I know that Mike Yastrzemski has really been frustrating a lot of Giants fans, and rightfully so. Mike Yastrzemski has not been good in this postseason. But they are shifted in a way where Mike Yastrzemski hits a line drive. A line drive where you thought, okay, the Giants are going to get a run on the board. That's all right. It's the top of the second. It's going to be a tie 1-1 ball game. But instead, the momentum is taken away because they're positioned perfectly. And that just wasn't the only situation. It could have been a uh, it could have been a one one game right there and changed the complexity of the entire thing. And before we get to more of those, let's go to our callers here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. You know how I do it here on the pregame show. Total lack of professionalism. Not having a producer who could screen calls, but being that we're in COVID times, I got to do the show from the studio where we do screen the calls. So I do it live on air. I got my hands on a dump button. It's okay. So I got a caller on line one. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's uh, Mitch from New Jersey. Mitch in Jersey. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing? Uh, well, first, you know, your Giants are getting a... The Web's getting a next day off where the Dodgers got their back to the wall. If they don't come through, you know you know how they're in it. It's, it's, like, it's like hit or miss. It's like a box of chocolates. Uh, but big advantage for the Giants. <laughs> getting a home advantage and... Uh, I guess Webb is getting six days off, five days off. That's a that's a pretty good uh, assumption to go going to the game. I, I'm feeling pretty good about it, Mitch. I, I really am, and you, you you spoke on it because I mean Logan Webb last started on the Friday. And he, he's getting damn near a week off, and with the way that he's performed in the big moments in high leverage situations, I'm 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 feeling good about Thursday's game here when they go to Game Five. I don't know, as a Dodgers fan, this is like a history piece itself. They're like the land of graves of the new decade, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually thought to... I thought they were going to be, uh, I mean, really, Mitch, I was at the point where I was, you know, I was, I was having the conversation like, can the Dodgers actually break the Braves record of winning the division 14 straight times? But Mitch, real quick, how are you Clippers? I'm sorry, how, how I'm feeling about uh, tomorrow's game? How are you feeling about your Clippers? You... <laughs> Come on, man. I know you have Clippers takes. Oh, I think they did. I like their draft. It's just that they just kind of like jinx with this uh, Kawhi Leonard. Might not play the whole year. That's just a typical Clipper thing. And one more thing, maybe you could say with the Dodgers, they, they curse themselves, sign that Trevor Bauer. Some... Um, 
look into their history not too deep. Man. As, as far as they know, the nose is ran. They didn't, they didn't do a good job in uh, look, uh, look at me. Uh, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that was bad. bad uh, anyway, thanks for taking my call. All right, Mitch. Appreciate you calling in, man. <laughs> Love Mitch in New Jersey. But going back to it, so the first five innings, because the – the, the the Dodgers were pouring it on them. <laughs> they were. They were getting runners on base. They were putting pressure on Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler did not want to keep DeSclafani in for even more than one and two-thirds innings because of the way that they were hitting the ball off of him. Five out of the ten batters he faced had five hits. He didn't even reach 30 pitches. Like That's how much the Dodgers were not only getting to him, but getting to him early. And I, I went back again, and, and just in case you're tuning in, I went back to that moment in the second inning where there's runners on first and third, and they are lined up perfectly, shifted perfectly in a way where only they could get to Mike Yastrzemski's line out to get the third out after there were two outs and runners on first and third. And instead of tying the game one-to-one, you go into the bottom of the second, the Dodgers still up one nothing, and then they get another run and make it two-to-nothing at, at the end of the inning. Then you go into the third, and... Alex Dickerson had one of the most... I can't stand it when pinch hitters come in and they don't work the count. What the Giants have been known for, what Alex Dickerson is known for, is working the count. Instead, he just strikes out on three straight pitches to lead out the game. Then Tommy LaStella, who in the batter's box looks like he's damn near ready to kill somebody. He has that look on his uh, look at his eye, but uh, he ends up flying out to left field. And then Darren Ruff strikes out uh, in that third inning. But then you go to the fourth. And Brandon Crawford, it, it was a tough at-bat, but somehow with a 3-1 count, even though he was up, I got to give Walker Buehler some credit. Throws him two straight breaking balls and ends up striking him out. And then Chris Bryant gets on with the walk after Buster Posey grounded out on an 0-2 count. Chris Bryant had a four-pitch walk, and then there was a mound visit. That's when the momentum is going to start to swing, to shift, and then, speaking of shifts, Lamont Wade grounds out to Trey Turner again, who's lined up perfectly toward right field, and then kills everything. Like, that's just the story of that game yesterday. That's the story of that game, was the way that they were, uh, that's the story of that game, was the way that they were lined up. Lined up, and then in the bottom of the fourth, it couldn't have gotten a lot. It could have gotten a lot worse. <laughs> you had Mookie Betts who got on with the home run to make it a four nothing game, and then you had Will Smith hit the double with two outs, and then Justin Turner flied out to make it three. It could have been a lot worse, but it was those first five innings that I'm paying attention to, where there are a couple of moments where they had momentum and they just weren't able to capitalize on the momentum. Here's what Gabe Kapler had to say after the game regarding the offensive struggles for the Giants these past three games. I would chalk this, you know, some of the, the more recent, I don't want to even call them struggles, but more recently us not being all that explosive on offense to, to running up against some really good pitchers. And, and I think that's what happens in the postseason. You just get, you know, quality arm after quality arm. And um, you know, sometimes you have, you know, one big inning and you're able to, to win the game with that one big inning. Sometimes you have to scratch across a run like we did yesterday and and it's one swing that that makes all the difference and uh, we're going to have our work cut out for us against against Urias in in game five and we'll be prepared for that. So you're going to have Julio Urias start and you can assume that Max Scherzer is going to be available in relief in the bullpen. 
And Scherzer overall for his career as a reliever, he's gone in for nine games in his postseason career. And he's had a 2.37 ERA in that span. So nine games, a 2.37 ERA, gave up five earned runs, 18 strikeouts, seven walks. So Max Scherzer has been good in that relief role. And Logan Webb, he's going to be going in. He's got he's got damn near a week of rest. But I want to see the Giants tack on some runs early. Like, that's what you got to do. Get some runs. Get them early because with a lead, when there's three to five runs scored for his own team, when he has that much run support, Logan Webb is 5-1 and one with a 2.68 ERA in 57 innings pitched. 65 strikeouts, 17 walks. Now, granted, he's just as good when there's even just 0-2 to two runs scored. But give the man some run support. That's when his confidence will be there. And Logan Webb will put the team on his back. Look, I'm feeling good going into Game 5. I really am. And, you know, I'm, I'm being the optimist here, and you may not want to hear this, but the fact that they've gone through five games... To the uh, down to the wire with the Dodgers. They won the National League West. We were having that conversation at the beginning of September about whether it's championship or bust, whether it's World Series or bust, whether the series will be a whether the season will be a disappointment uh, in the playoffs. And the only way it would have been a disappointment to me is if they would have made it to the wild card game. And I can live with the way uh, that they're losing right now in that they made it to five games if they do end up losing this series. That's a conversation for another day. But I think this one, with the way that they've hit, their bats need to wake up. And if their bats don't wake up, I'm not going to be coming back from this one for a while. I'll look, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be Alonzo Mourning in that gif. You know that gif that I'm talking about on, on social media where it's Alonzo Mourning sitting on the bench and he's just shaking his head. And then eventually he just raises his eyebrows and is like, yeah. All right, clearly had to do with maybe a call from the ref or something like that. But that's how I'd be feeling about the Giants' season. I'd be pissed in the moment, but then afterward, I'd be feeling all right. I'd be feeling all right considering they made it to five games. From the 209, by the third inning, I told my wife the game was pretty much over. She got mad at me for not believing, but you could just tell the Dodgers were going to continue to dominate, and they did. Our key at-bats just weren't there. And yesterday, something interesting that Dave Fleming had to say on the morning roast, he said he talked to Tyler Rogers. Now I'm talking about this game where they won one nothing. He said he talked to Tyler Rogers. Dave Fleming did. And Tyler Rogers said Kapler sent a message to all of us to say, hey, be ready. I'm going to need you to be ready. I don't know what that message was in this game, but the relievers just didn't seem ready. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk that Zach Littell would be your most successful reliever in that situation from the bullpen? You needed that start from Di Sclafani, though. You needed a good start from him yesterday. You needed him to come back. That's just it. I know I've repeated myself like 16 times with that, but you needed that, and you didn't get it. So you move on to Game 5, and you go with Logan Webb, Kevin Gosman, and whoever you feel are your best bullpen arms. What's coming up on the game is sponsored by the Golden State Warriors. We'll continue to talk about this at 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. How are you feeling about Game 5? What is your confidence level? 1 through 10. Give me a number. 888-957-9570. Then we'll follow uh, follow that up with a little bit of football because I do want to uh, talk a little bit more about the whole John Gruden resigning from the Raiders situation and... 
quite frankly, why I think it's beneficial for the team. But again, this is what's coming up with the game, sponsored by the Golden State Warriors. We're giving five lucky fans two pairs of tickets to the Dubs home opener, presented by Chase, on Thursday, October 21st. So eight days from now, at 7 p.m. versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Tune in to 95.7 The Game for your chance to win. All right, Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Giants fans, how are we feeling? How are we feeling going into Game 5? I want to know from you. Game 5 is on Thursday. The championship series has been set for the American League. You got the Houston Astros, who beat the Chicago White Sox last night 10-1. to While on the other side, you had the Red Sox getting that win over the Braves, that walk-off win over the, or excuse me, over the Rays. So you're going to have the Houston Astros versus the Boston Red Sox in the ALCS. And that's the series the Astros wanted. They didn't want to face the Rays because of that pitching in a seven-game series and that bullpen. Now the Giants and the Dodgers, they have a chance to play the Atlanta Braves. And much like the Houston Astros to the Red Sox, this is the series you want in the National League. If you're the Giants or the Dodgers, the Brewers, the tough out. From top to bottom, from their starters all the way to their bullpen, they are stacked. Now, their lineup, not necessarily as stacked, but you can get around that in a seven-game series as long as you get some clutch hits here and there. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, I need a 1 through 10. I need a number. Give me your confidence level going into Game 5. From the 707, you didn't exactly give me just a number, but you said zero momentum, zero confidence, feels like the Sharks' President's Cup season against the Ducks. Now, if I'm going to just give you a number right away, if I'm going to give you my 1 through 10, I I was going back and forth on this, but I'd say I'm at a 6 right now. I'd say I'm at a 6 because that lineup has not been good these past three games. The, that, that lineup has been lacking any intensity, lacking getting base runners on base early, and, and not getting hits in clutch situations. That inning, I mean, I mentioned those first few where, uh, you know, where Lamont Wade and Mike Yastrzemski were lining out to where Trey Turner was perfectly shifted to second base, and then you get to that fifth inning where Evan Longoria leads it off with a single, then Mike Yastrzemski's out, Steven Duggar ends up walking with a 3-2 count, then LaStella gets on with a single, and I thought at that point uh, he would be said to Evan Longoria, that's Ron Wotus, but that wouldn't have been a good idea. And that's when Joe Kelly was in, because Walker Bueller was out. And the top of the fifth, with bases loaded, Darren Ruff grounds out to make it a 4-1 to ball game, and that's fine. That's fine. He grounds out. But then, with two outs in the game, Brandon Crawford just has a gets to a 1-2 and two count, and then he just grounds out to Justin Turner to end the inning. 
to end the inning, and it was a 4-1 to one game at that point. Had he gotten that hit there, man, that, that would have changed the whole momentum of the game. And right now with the way the lineup is going and the fact that they're going up against Julio Urias and Max Scherzer, I guarantee you Max Scherzer is going to be pitching at some point in this game uh, on on Thursday. I mean, if Max Scherzer does come into the game, that means they're doing it out of an act of desperation. But you can bet that the Dodgers lineup is going to be going in there with a lot of confidence. I do want to see, though, I do want to see what Oracle Park looks like on a Thursday in the middle of the week against the Dodgers because I do think that one advantage that they've had is it was a Friday and a Saturday with those first two games at Oracle Park when Dodger fans were able to infiltrate Oracle Park. There were a lot there, at least on the Saturday night when I was there. Too many. Maybe it was just in my section, but I was hearing way too many, let's go Dodgers! Chance. It was really frustrating, but then, you know, the Let's Go Giants chance ended up taking them over, which was good, so shout-out to the Giants fans for that. But on that Thursday game, we need Oracle Park to be loud. Need them to be loud. That's the only thing. Give the Dodgers a point to where they are nervous. Like, that's what we need at Oracle Park on Thursday. That's what we need. It's just all so fitting, isn't it? It's all so fitting when they get to one game 62. It comes down to that final Sunday where the Giants just need to win a ball game. And they did so with Logan Webb towing the rubber. And now in game five, the possible final game of the season, a winner-take-all season. That's where Logan Webb is on the mound yet again going up against the Dodgers. It is poetic about base that's how baseball works it is poetic and there are there maybe six is too low and that's just how i'm feeling because in webb's 13 starts at oracle park this year he's seven and zero with a 1.780 ERA. a 1.780 ERA, seven and zero in his 13 starts at oracle park so he's got a lot of confidence and when he's pitching with the fans behind him i'm liking those odds but that lineup for the dodgers what they did yesterday, I was seeing them nonstop put pressure on the pitchers. And when you get that lead runner on base, you can get that first out, but as soon as a runner gets on base and you got to go out of the stretch, everything changes. Everything changes. And also the way that you pitch when you don't have a lead, when you're more pitching safe, you start to overthink as a pitcher. And that just doesn't even... That just doesn't even apply to Major League Baseball. That applies all the way back to Little League. <laughs> going up to going up from Little League to high school to college to the pros. It doesn't change when there's a runner on base. Your mindset completely changes. So you got to, and it also changes when you don't have an early lead, which is what the Giants unfortunately haven't had. The lineup couldn't get it done. From triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero at the text line to the phone number if you want to weigh in. From the two oh nine, I'm feeling good about game five. I'm at an eight. We have a lot in our favor. I just hope they can get the bats going. Six to five, the Giants win with a walk off in the ninth. From the four one five, I'm at a seven. Got our rested ace on the mound. What more do we want? That's a good point. Four one five, you really do. You really do. You have your ace on the mound. He's a. I mean, he's going to be twenty four years old in this situation. And while teams are playing in their home ballparks, they're 61-61 and all-time in winner-take-all postseason games. 
And that's a 14 and 21 mark in game five of the division series. One and five since 2016. So, and this excludes 2020, by the way. So, the numbers, not exactly in the Giants' favor, at least the patterns there prior to that. But then you have Logan Webb, who's 7 and 0 with a 1.780 ERA. From the 925, I'm 50-50, so I guess 5 out of 10. Webb has been great this year, but Urias has been great and has gotten a lot of run support in basically every start. He's won 21 games this year. Urias has been great. Urias has been great, as well as that starting rotation. But this is that series, man, where I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, and I mentioned this on the morning roast a while back, but I'm looking at it like this. I wasn't alive in 1980, so I can't... Act as if I was watching the Olympics live. To be honest with you, my first uh, the the first time I ever learned about that hockey team and and what they did in 1980 was because of watching the movie Miracle. Okay, and when I'm watching that, uh, when I'm watching that movie, I'm thinking the Soviet Union is the final game. That's the championship right there. They're gonna get the gold medal. Oh. Oh wait, this is the semifinal and they had one other team to go out to go up against? Oh, that's where we're at. That's kind of how I'm looking at this series right now. Now I'm not saying the Giants are Team USA because they were the best team in baseball and they deserved every single win that they got. But I'm sitting there going, damn, they still got two more series after this. Two more series in which they got to get through, but it feels like if you get through this one, if you get through the Dodgers then you can get through anything. Like that's what I'm I'm feeling with this series. From the 707, confidence is at a one. Dodgers will win. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Here's what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding the offense though because he just thinks the offensive struggles, you just chalk them up to good pitching. I would chalk this, you know, some of the the more recent I don't want to even call them struggles, but more recently us not being all that explosive on offense to, to running up against some really good pitchers. And, and I think that's what happens in the postseason. You just get you know quality arm after quality arm. And um, you know, sometimes you have you know one big inning and you're able to, to win the game with that one big inning. Sometimes you have to scratch across a run like we did yesterday. And, and it's one swing that, that makes all the difference. And uh, we're going to have our work cut out for us against, against Arias in, in game five. And yep. we'll be prepared for that. Yep. Yep. And here's what I need. Here's what I need. I need Mike Yastrzemski to get a hit for one. Get on base, Yastrzemski. Come on, Yaz. I don't know how you, you need. It feels like you need to put him in the field. I don't know what else you can do because you got Darren Ruff and Steven Duggar coming off the bench. But Mike Yastrzemski needs to get on base. Evan Longoria has to come through in clutch situations. I know that he hit the only home run in that game three. But prior to that, he was 3 for 45. <laughs> like, he has not been good as of late. Buster Posey has been fantastic. Brandon Crawford's been okay. Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff, even though he got that RBI yesterday, he still hasn't gotten a hit this postseason. Listella's been good. Austin Slater's been good. Uh, even though he, you know, he got that start in game two, he was uh, good yesterday. He pinch hit was one for one. Brandon Crawford, need him to come through in more clutch situations. It felt like yesterday there were a couple of moments where if he would have gotten on base, then 
that would have changed the entire complexity of the game. Buster Posey did not have a good one yesterday. He went 0 for 4, and I just knew looking at that TV when they put the odds up there, when they put the odds that he was going to get, uh, what, what was it, he, at plus 150, he'd get under one and a half hits or whatever it was. It's like, okay, that better not hit the under. <laughs> that better not hit the under. He ends up going 0 for 4, whereas the Dodgers, on the other hand, each hitter, 1 through 4, had two hits. Betts, 2 for 4. Seager, 2 for 5. Trey Turner, 2 for 5. Will Smith, 2 for 4. The lineup's got to step up in this one. The lineup's got to step up. From the 5-1-0, confidence level at a 9 for the Dodgers. Giants had their chance. Now it's over. Dodgers in 5. Man, I didn't realize this because I wasn't paying attention to social media in that one nothing game. I was way too locked in. All I could tweet was, Scherzer's terrifying me right now, which he tends to do. But I'm watching that game, and I didn't realize the amount of excuses that were being made for the wind. I did not realize that. This series, you know, sometimes teams, they have a chance to maybe win you over or maybe change your mind about them. You know, for example, I'm a Raider fan, right? And I want to talk about uh, uh, the John Gruden situation in just a second. But the Chargers, for example, I'm not supposed to like the Chargers, but I really like the team they put together, and it's really hard not to like them. You know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, all of them very likable. And then on defense, you got Joey Bosa, and I know he said all that mess about Derek Carr, but that's just Joey Bosa and who he is. They got Derwin James. They got a good defense. So I respect them. But the Dodgers, the way that the fans have handled themselves as far as Game 3 goes, after all the reaction I saw the next day, I'm like, what are you doing? And then these players. uh, uh, One thing, and this is just me being salty Giants fan. Total salty Giants fan. But whenever Gavin Lux gets on base and does anything, I hate it. When he hit that, when he hit that fly ball, not a home run, fly ball off Camilo Doval, and the dumbfounded look that he had, I got some pleasure out of that. I was like, yeah. And then when, when Gavin Lux gets on base, gets to third with Cody Bellinger, and then they're clapping away, and then Gavin Lux clapping... Ground ball to the pitcher. He gets caught in between third base and home plate. Doesn't end up scoring a run. Got some satisfaction out of that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, there's just something about this Dodger team. I need the Giants to beat them. I really do. We can we can wax poetic about the season all we want after this five-game series. But right now, it is beat LA. Game five on Thursday. It's going to be the only game left. And you're going up against the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS if you do beat them. If you do. Now let's transition here. I do want to talk a a little bit about the Raiders situation. I'm not going to get into the details. If you you have even been reading anything or watching anything, you'll know what John Gruden said. You'll know what the New York Times article detailed. All of that. I'm not going to go through that. But I'm at that point now where I looked at that tweet that one report that we had where it said John Regruden has officially resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders I said awesome good in the circumstances that he's out not great 
you know, the, the, you don't like learning about someone's true self, especially if their true self is a guy who says racist, homophobic, misogynistic remarks and in, in everything. I mean, speaks out against women referees and 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 uh, and kneeling during the anthem, saying Eric Reed should be fired, and then calling Roger Goodell the commissioner of the NFL all these different names in an email saying that Jeff Fisher was forced to draft Michael Sam when he was with the Rams. Like there is it was way too much. But now that he's resigned you're giving this Raider team a chance to turn a new page. And today, we're going to be hearing we're going to be hearing from the players. And this is where I'm very curious. I'm the interim head coach Rich Bisaccia. Um uh, he's a special teams coordinator and the assistant head coach and that's really been his role with the majority of teams all the way going back to uh, his time with the Buccaneers actually when John Gruden was head coach in the early 2000s. But you're going to be hearing from them. I'm not really curious to hear what he has to say because he just has to do a lot of damage control, right? It's kind of like the Dusty Baker situation when he came in as a manager and as the Astros after the cheating scandal, and they're asking him questions, and it just didn't feel fair on Dusty Baker. It's like, what did he do? He didn't do anything. He just took this, he just took this job. But I'm really curious to hear what Derek Carr has to say. And seeing the reaction to guys like Tony Dungy, and Mike Tirico, who have, excuse me for the cracked voice, who have defended uh, John Gruden on national TV. Seeing the reaction to that, I mean, Derek Carr has got to be very careful with his words. Because Derek Carr is an incredibly loyal guy. He's a loyal guy. But if he says one wrong thing, <laughs> you know how social media is. You know how we are as people. We are going to overreact and not cancel Derek Carr by any means, but it's going to get to the point where, you know, the NFL fan base could look at him a little differently than they do. So I'm very curious. I want to hear from Derek Carr, though, because supposedly he met with John Gruden, and and David Carr, his brother, was on NFL Network, said that he went all the way to his house to go talk to him. I'm like, all the way to his house? He lives next door to him in Vegas. It's not that far. All you got to do is walk down the street. But... uh. I want to hear what he has to say. I'm sure he's going to say that, you know, Gruden's apologetic and and, and is totally down and all that stuff and gives us some insight to that. But I also want to hear from Carl Nassib as well. Carl Nassib, who publicly came out as gay earlier this season and John Gruden expressed his full support. But then you see these emails with him talking about Michael Sam. I I mean, it's just it. I want to hear from him. I really want to hear what he has to say. But also, these names that are on the head coaching list as the odds for the next Raiders head coach, if you are a Raiders fan, I'd be feeling pretty good right now. I'd be feeling pretty good. Peter King was on DRK. He said yesterday, John Gruden is overrated as a head coach. And I was trying to not drink the Kool-Aid earlier on in 2018 when he came to the Raiders. But look... I think that if you get this new head coach, a new regime, Mike Mayock might actually have some control. I'm very curious to see what the season looks like going forward. From the 408, I apologize to you, Stephen, for calling you. <laughs> what? I'm not going to say that word. I can't say- You called me that? 
Is this my girlfriend? From the 408, I'm glad to see the Raiders move on without Gruden also. Never wanted him back. I get pissed when people talk crap about my team. I didn't know you were a Raiders fan. Well, 408, if, you, if you'd if you like, you can check out Black Hole Sundays, the Raider podcast that I do with technical producer for not only Willard and Dibs, but Steiny and Guru as well, Joe Spidoni, who is a big Raider fan. We're doing a podcast called Black Hole Sundays. We got three episodes right now. We did our instant reaction to John Gruden's resignation. You can check that out under the pregame show podcast folder. Trying to get a new channel. We'll update you as things go. From the 408, please let them hire David Shaw. Here's one name I'm looking at. As we got a, as we got about fifty seconds left here, here's one name I'm looking at. I don't know if it's David Shaw, but I don't know how far the Cowboys are going to go. But if the Cowboys go deep into the postseason, hell, and possibly make the Super Bowl for the NFC, Jerry Jones is going to want to keep Mike McCarthy around, and that leaves an opening for one Kellen Moore. That's my number one guy that I want. You can get Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, who's an excellent play caller, but I just don't want someone who's within the within the division, especially someone who's been within the division for a long time. I think Eric Bieniemy absolutely deserves a head coaching job somewhere, but me personally, I just think that it would not be beneficial or advantageous to get a head coach who has been in the AFC West for a while, who these guys know. You know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? But Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys, the offensive coordinator, that's my guy. That's the one that I want. That's just me. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.